0: May it please the court. My my name is Demereth, and as you're aware, I represent the plaintiff in this particular case, which is also the appellant. This case stems from an automobile accident which occurred in August of 2015, wherein the defendant plowed into the back of the plaintiff's car going about 65 miles an hour. The accident required medical treatment, and two people in the car sustained injury. uh, The driver of the car, J.T. Johnson, and his daughter. A couple points that are probably important in this case, and I want to make note of, uh, first of all, the daughter was subsequently dismissed from this case. Uh, there had been a prior incident of molestation, excuse me, when she was four years old, and the defendants wanted to open that issue up, and it was starting but to we, create. We,
1: we know it's. Oh, okay. we're down, yes, we're down to Mr. Johnson.
0: All right. Um, the second issue that I want to bring to the court's attention um, is fact Before,
2: I hate to say this, but you're not claiming that you preserve the issue of the uh, discovery ruling in your notice to appeal, are you, for the daughter? Uh,
0: the, the daughter's out of the case. Uh, yeah, I just want
2: to make sure that's true, that she's gone, gone, gone,
0: right? Yeah, she, she's Very gone good. from the case.
2: I thought that's what you're saying. I just want to make sure.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't quite understand your question.
2: I didn't ask it well.
0: (laughs) Um, Well, I thought I thought he asked whether your whether um, since your
1: your brief makes makes much to do um, you know says that the discovery order these dealing with the records is important to the issues on appeal. Is that one of the issues on appeal? Whether that whether that order was wrong.
0: Uh, no, I, do, I don't think so. Uh, it's,
1: the, it's, the, it's the aftermath of the order well, it's, and its impact.
0: I, I think the, the question is, uh, was Dr. Hess um, a retained expert or was he a, uh, a treating expert? And I think that uh, in order to answer that question, it's very simple. If you look at his evaluations, examinations that he first undertook in November and December of 2016, he does render an opinion that the automobile accident of August of, of 2015 was the initiating cause. And, of course, the confusion comes in here uh, when the prior attorney asked the doctor to regurgitate or reaffirm his position that the accident did, in fact, cause uh, the problem here in question. Um, the court did not accept that uh, um, original theory that the doctor did, in fact, make a determination and was so indicated in his notes in November and December of 2016. Now, let me, I was,
1: I've got to ask you, the this issue seems to be, our, our closest case seems to be uh, Grudemeyer versus transfer, trans, Transit Authority. And I I can't tell, are you, are you arguing that Grudemeyer was wrong or distinguishable? And Grudemeyer says, it unless well, the line in Grudemeyer that says, outside the realm of treatment such as causation requires
0: disclosure. Didn't the doctor uh address causation in the notes in 2016
1: oh well um yes but no this is not it's just it was the same sequence of events and the plaintiff wanted to say i didn't have to disclose and and um as i read as i understand the courts well i mean
2: and we said they had a duty to disclose.
1: There's a duty to disclose things that are outside the realm of treatment, such as causation. In other words, even if even if the even if the notes reflect uh, arguably or uh, reflect a cause a, uh, that, that that has reached a causation conclusion way back then. It was a conclusion as to as to causation, so it had to be disclosed, regardless of the pro- yeah. subsequent interchange with the plaintiff, with, with, with your lawyer. That's the way I read Grudemeyer. Do,
2: do you follow the question? Here's really what what we said in Grudemeyer and in both Judge Loken, and I think we're on the panel, um, if I recall correctly, or maybe it's just a similar name, but, but as I understand the issue and as I recall it, um, if it's the same case I'm recalling, uh, that there is an etiology uh, that is reflected oftentimes in medical records that says this happened as a result of this, right? Well, that's not actually a determination of causation. It's an etiology, and it simply explains the mechanism of injury, not necessary to uh, go to the actual treatment. Now, if the etiology is necessary for treatment, then it falls within treating expert, etc. But if that Etiology is unnecessary for treatment. It's just an astray comment. Now if you want to say that, that then I'm going to call that expert as an expert to establish causation, that person's gone from being a treating expert into being a retained expert, right? And that's, isn't that what we did, Jim? That's, I, I think that's what we said. So, so that's the big legal argument. And so the mere fact that he may have a statement related to causation is, it doesn't resolve the second half of that question is, was it necessary for treatment? And so why is the car accident necessary for making treatment decisions for this particular physician such that he's a treating physician, not a retained expert?
0: If, if, as I understood um, the, the cases and what the judge said in his, uh, his order was that if this gentleman was a treating physician and he made the determination during his treatment then we can go with the 26C disclosure. However, if he did not make the determination during the uh, the treatment, then he becomes a retained. And I think the confusion in saying Greta
1: Meyer was wrong,
0: at least as – Well, I think there's a distinction is is what I'm saying, and I think that's what the district court held also, or at least that's the way we understand the district court's decision. Yeah, and I
2: get that Judge Bisher's looking at this big realm of cases, and he's looking mostly at the rule, and I'm sure that there's all kinds of Nebraska case law under similar uh, uh, state rules, and there's the federal rule. Um, and i got to tell you that Grudemeyer is kind of at a high level of specificity, um, but it is what we've said, and I think it's the controlling law of the circuit generally on experts. And, and so I think you're going to – I mean uh, – It's good enough to say that that Judge Bishop believed that if it was in the course of treatment, then we're at 26C. But we may not believe that based on our reading of Grudemeyer. And I think that's the basis for Judge Loken's original question.
0: And and I think the the second point that it comes back to is a point of... I'm
1: just reading from it. If a treating physician will testify about matters outside the realm of treatment, such as causation of a condition, disclosure requirements are triggered. Regardless of whether the the plaintiff's lawyer then comes comes to the physician years later and and in you know likes what he hears and says you, you're going to be a witness, is, an expert witness, it has to
0: be disclosed. Is that what you're saying? As a retained expert,
2: doesn't matter. Yeah, what we're saying is that once you cross over to a statement of causation, unless somehow that causation is uh care and treatment determinative, they're really a 26B expert rather than a 26C expert. It's the kind of thing only circuit judges talk about.
1: I know, I was, I right? was reading from a paragraph, the first sentence of which is, under Rule 26, non-retained experts, including treating health care providers, are subject to less stringent disclosure requirements than a retained expert. <laughs> However,
0: that's the point, well
1: no, <laughs> no, however, if a treating physician will testify about matters outside the realm of treatment, such as a causation issue and a subsequent litigation, then you got to disclose them, whether he's retained or non retained uh,
0: how does how does the district can court, be retained for litigation? How does the district court get to the position that that if he was subsequently retained to opine on causation? Uh, he... It doesn't matter whether it was, the question is whether he...
1: It's a... He had a, he had a, if he had a, if he was gonna testify as to a causation issue, he was gonna, if he was gonna give an expert opinion on causation, whenever he formed it, whatever he was paid before or after to give it, if he's gonna testify as an expert, he has to be disclosed. Um, this aspect—that's what Grudemeyer says.
0: I—I'm I, sorry, but I—I I don't agree with that, and I don't. And I—and I think that's what the district court ruled. King us to overrule our understanding of Grudemeyer. I mean, that's—I—I that's I, I get the fact of it. Yeah, I guess I would ask you to reread that because I don't think it's that narrow. I'm going to reserve the rest of my time. I don't think that
2: Judge Loken said anything differently than what I'm saying, but I, I just want you to understand what we're saying is that, that that causation puts you into a different category, requiring a more specific disclosure unless it goes to the actual course of treatment.
0: And didn't disclose the course of treatment.
2: Yeah, it's, it's got a, it's got a, it has to be necessary for the treatment piece, right? Because then he's still just a retreating expert. But if you're going to talk about causation arising out of an accident, and it's not tied to to the to the actual treatment, you're a retained expert on that.
1: All right. Now you're not you're not going to sit down yet. The first the first your first issue presented in your brief reads, and I quote, did the U.S. District Court err in denying plaintiff's motion to seal and ordering production of the daughter's mental health history? And now you've said this morning, that's not an issue on
0: appeal. Now, which is it? Uh, Are you abandoning it? Or? That I'm sorry, that was not an issue because we dismissed the case. No, so okay. as this the case is... This is your I, I, I Johnson versus... Uh, that's, a mi- that's a misstatement on our part, Your Honor.
1: It's an issue.
0: No, it's not an issue. So you're abandoning it.
1: Uh, 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 yeah. Call
0: it what you like. We did not have that issue because the... the
1: you presented that c- the issue. Come on, counsel. Read the, read the rules of FRAP, the, 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 explaining what has to be in a brief. It's front and center. You've got to state the issues presented, and that limits the circuit court. It's one of the most important parts of
0: the brief for us. I don't disagree with you, but the question is where that claim was dismissed from the case long time ago. The appeal time has already run.
1: That might be on, that might be why the issue's bad on the merits. Now it's abandoned. All right.
0: All right. Thank you. We don't want to
3: use. They are. I have many glasses. Mr. Walden, that's the second pair. <laughs> Okay, May I please the court, I'm uh, Raymond Walden, uh, representing the Apple defendant, uh, Jenna Friesen. I think you've hit on all the right points. Uh, Jenna, or Jana, I'm not sure quite how to pronounce the daughter's name, who was in this case. Part of that reason that she's not in this case anymore, that's not part of this appeal, is the... Um, not just the dismissal uh, in the course of well, it. We but don't also, care about
1: that. Let's get to the issues. Okay. I, mean, it, it yeah. a long day, I mean, it wasn't now. part of the,
3: the notice of appeal. Um, yes, this does come down to Dr. Hess. Is he retained or non-retained? And Grudemeyer exactly is the law on the point. Um, it may not be all factually on point, uh, you know, how that case developed versus this one, but it supplies the, you know, the correct rule.
1: Did the uh, district court apply the correct rule?
3: I believe so. It did apply the correct rule um, in deciding that uh, Dr. Hess uh, did not develop his, um, you know, his, uh, what he stated to be a causation opinion tying, Uh, the subjective injuries to the particular accident, as opposed to a not much later accident, as opposed to other conditions that he had preexisting or may have developed totally independently. You know, he says, oh, it was this accident, you know, when he's asked to make an opinion. Well, in my brief, I go for several pages going through where are the places in the medical records where he even would have addressed this? And did he address it? And conclude again throughout, no. He never addressed, you know, just what, uh, you know, why there is some reason to believe uh, that the accident caused, that this particular accident caused these injuries. Um, and there's a, a duty to have a, I mean, well, a plaintiff has to have an expert to support subjective injuries causation. That's Nebraska law. So um, Judge Bisher definitely applied the law correctly when it got to the summary judgment stage because he'd already excluded all of the experts on causation and backing up. He, uh, yeah, He was asked after we filed for summary judgment to reconsider all of that, and he carefully went back over it all. And.
1: I know Rule 26 distinguishes between retained and non-retained, for, but for this issue, does it matter? Which he, which Dr. Hess was? He was, it, it, he it was can, treated as, he was treated initially as one of the 18 non-treating physicians. Yes. And then the district court separated him out because of th- this issue and treated him and, and addressed it separately.
0: Yeah. Right, so because it, it the, doesn't
1: matter whether he he was retained for litigation or put forth as simply a past treating physician,
3: does it? Well I believe Judge Bisher um, thought that if he's a non retained expert, you know, then he he did have um, you know, he said enough or he may have said enough. I mean he didn't really have to address that. Uh, because he was finding that he, he was not a non-retained expert who had developed, I mean that's the other part of that from Grudemeyer, yeah. who had developed his causation opinion in the course of the treatment. He yeah.
2: didn't. Yeah, he, what he found at page six of his order was that, uh, um, that Dr. Hess did not make any causation, uh, uh, findings in his course of treatment and that he only reflected the causation tying it to this particular automobile accident. And I think the direct quote is, Dr. Hess responded several months later, um, uh, um, that's not it, um, Dr. Hess's letter was in response to a letter from the plaintiff's former count, counsel, Clark Hall, which asked him to review records and inquired if Dr. Hess could conclude, based on his evaluation and treatment, that the August 9, 2015 accident was cause, was the cause of the plaintiff's lower back injury. Now that's not a question related to treatment. That's a question of just plain old causation, which brings it into the heart of uh, Grutemeyer, and Grudemeyer, as you recall, it says we don't really care whether he's treating or non-treating. Once you give a causation theory unrelated to the treatment, you have to do the retained expert disclosure, exactly. and that's what Judge Bisher found.
3: Yes, exactly, and I think he's exactly right on that. Um, you know, if you're a retained expert, then you know there's this whole raft of things, you know, from the rule. Uh, third, you know, 26, uh, A2B, uh, which just aren't there. And I don't think there's really any dispute about, you know, that the, this was not supported as, he was not supported, uh, in the disclosures with the kind of uh, material that you have to disclose for a retained expert. So it comes down to, well, alright, if he's, you know, if that's out, then, you know, can you squirm out of it being a, him being a retained expert? And qualify him for this particular opinion, causation, uh, as arising from the treatment. And no. Uh, and, uh, Judge, well, and in his uh, reconsideration, uh, you know, that part of that order, um, uh, Judge Bisher, you know, kind of did some technical things, but then he gets down to it in a, uh, a footnote on the merits saying, you know it's not there, you know you can go through the medical records, and he really didn't do anything but as as uh, Judge Erickson pointed out uh cited you know, in etiology, etiology what the history was being given, but there was no occasion for this you know particular uh doctor to you know in giving treatment to Look at, well, was it this accident? Was it that accident? Was it something else? He was presenting, you know, his job was to treat this person's uh, condition as presented to him at, at the particular points in time that he was giving him treatment. And that was really all that went on. And you look at the medical records. You know, in some other cases, there may be some reason why you have to pin it down to one thing or another I don't see a whole lot of that in, you know, in my practice where doctors in treatment are really coming up with causation analyses, uh, you know, they're just treating the patients that they have, you know, and what they have to do, you know, at the time. Is, Is, is the,
2: is the absence of Dr. Hess's opinion alone sufficient to sustain, uh, Judge Bisher's, uh, uh, ultimate conclusions in this case. Yes. And so the arguments that are advanced of the other 17 experts that, that Judge Bisher struck as a result of finding that the Rule 26 disclosures were not detailed enough is sort of a red herring at this point if, if he can't get past the Hess question.
3: Well, it's kind of part of the reasoning about why it all comes down to Hess, because There's no evidence the, other, the other 17 treating did not actually were not presented as having an opinion on causation.
2: So there, without an, a retained expert or doctor Hess um, providing that opinion, there is no evidence of causation, and the claim fails as a matter
3: of law. Exactly, and there was Doctor Barna who was you know kind of sent to the showers early. Um, who clearly was being presented as a retained accident or um, <laughs> expert, and clearly was not uh, supported with anything about how did he form this opinion? It's just you know stated there in his report. Uh, but uh, as um, Judge Bisher pointed out, there was nothing about the methodology or about you know the basis for you know uh, you know for how the opinion was formed. Um, so he tossed him out and came back with the whole raft of experts all over again, really doesn't say anything new, um, given a second chance to, you know, about all the rest of them. Um, Dr. Hess is really presented in about the same way still. You know, and it was in the reconsideration then that the uh, plaintiff throws in, oh, well, here's all these medical records, and it's in there. Well, no, it wasn't in there. And, you know, the judge pointed that out. And, I, I kind of broke it down in more detail in, in our uh, you know, brief to you folks about it's just not there. You know, in the medical records, that he formed any kind of an opinion about why it was this accident rather than something else for these injuries. Uh, it's just a, a toss-off sort of a uh, opinion. And the purpose of these rules is that at some point you really have to put up or, or be tossed out. You know, you, you have to have something behind your experts. Yeah, you get to bluff all you want early on, you know, when you're a plaintiff presenting, you know, demands and developing through discovery early, you know, but at some point you have to say, yeah, okay, here's my experts on these questions, and here's why they form those opinions and what the bases are. And, okay, then you get to have your depositions and, and troubleshoot it and so forth and eventually you get to trial. But back at this stage, if you can't support it, then you don't get to move forward. And that's what Judge Bissier very clearly and correctly was saying. You, you know, I'm going to strike these experts. I realize this is going to basically be the case. You know, whether he was right or not, he gave him another chance. So it doesn't really matter you know, whether he was right or not about giving him another chance. Uh, the chance was given and was not you know, actually uh, taken advantage of. Nothing new was was provided except, you know, more rhetoric and and mix up of you know. I it, it's a big mess.
1: I, I was just looking again, refreshing, the twenty six uh, A two C. And of course, it, it doesn't talk about causation or anything like that. Uh, it just says an it defines experts who must report. <clears throat> and what we have here is the interplay with that and Nebraska law saying, if you're going to bring this claim, you've got to have an expert on causation. Yes. Right? So we have to we have to interpret that requirement of state law and the definition in 26. A two of who who's got a repair report and not. Exactly. So it seems to me what the district court is saying, well if if in the dismissal in the final in the final end is if the if the only if the if you're required to give an opinion and the only person who has that opinion is someone who did would not did not give a a report, an expert report as required, then ob- then obviously it was required, or first it's required if you got to have the opinion. Is is that, and that's so Grudemeyer, whether ostensibly or in, if implicitly or explicitly, is dealing with that interplay, right?
3: Exactly, yeah. Grudemeyer just lays it right out uh, about the difference between retained experts and non-retained experts and what kind of you material needs to be presented. It seems to me if
1: the state law requires an expert
3: opinion, and
1: that's the bottom line, then the retained, non-retained doesn't really matter.
3: Well, yeah, if, it, if he doesn't qualify under either one of those uh, to be entitled to give an opinion to the jury, and that, that was the finding, under neither category um, you know, can this go forward, then... We ask for a leave to do summary judgment. And Whatever he,
1: he is, he has to, he has to, he has, he has to provide a report under federal rules if he's going to give an opinion that's, re- expert opinion that's required as an element of your state law claim.
3: Yes. Okay. And I, uh, would like, you know, ask the court to affirm Judge Bisher and the summary judgment and, um, and just leave it at that. <laughs> Thank you, your Honors. I,
0: I guess the question that I have is: Would we be sitting here today if the attorney, um, a prior attorney, had not asked for the opinion? Of of Judge, or excuse me, of Doctor Hess, and um, Judge Loken, you read the Rule 26, and I think um, the district court judge indicated that if Hess is only a treating doctor, the report or the information that would pro- was provided would be fine. And but in the letter that was requesting, but the, it,
1: but it wouldn't it
0: wouldn't. You wouldn't be the expert
1: you need on the issue of causation under state law. So you're left with you're left with you're left with a, a zero for nineteen in terms of your experts.
0: I think what the what the attorney asked for, and my co counsel or or other counsel just read it. He asked for an evaluation, or an opinion of his evaluation and treatment. The evaluation was done in November and December of 2016.
1: Okay, but if it wasn't an opinion on an opinion on causation, then you didn't have an expert.
0: He—that was the opinion that was asked for.
1: By whom? I mean, you you, you want to present him. You want to you want to surprise the defendant at trial with a so-called treating expert who all of a sudden becomes the expert opinion on causation that you had to have to have a viable claim under Nebraska law.
0: Our position all the time has been that Hess was, in fact, the treating physician who rendered an opinion initially, and his opinion initially was, this problem started with the automobile accident. That's the causation.
1: Okay, but, well...
0: And that, I'm sorry to interrupt you.
1: No, no it seems to me then, then as I'm reading 26A2C, the district court's right, okay. I mean, that definition of who must provide a report, if it doesn't include Dr. Hess in this case on these facts, then you don't have anyone who meets your state law obligation because your other 18 folks crashed and burned
0: well the other 18 folks if you will dealt with other issues okay. in this in this case and
1: but you had to ha- but nebraska law said you had to have an expert opinion on causation
0: how does the district court judge rule then that if this guy was not a hired gun if you will but he was the treating doctor and he did render an opinion
1: i doubt that nebraska law says you have to retain someone
0: well you i'm not said, sure that, ju- that yeah you
1: know this is
2: Okay. Isn't it just one of these provisions that says in order to to uh, advance this cause of action, you must have an expert opinion establishing causation?
0: Uh, He has. Right. And he was a treating doctor. We didn't hire an outside expert.
2: But it doesn't matter because – you have to have the opinion in hand that he is, that causation is established and I think the evidence here is it didn't exist until the second time the lawyer asked for it and at that point, you know, you gotta comply with the the, with Grudemeyer, because Grudemeyer doesn't... They don't care whether you're retained or not retained. What they're saying is if you're the expert on causation, you have to have the more detailed
0: report, right? I think there is the rub that we're having this morning here, and and that is what I just read to you. Uh, what Clark asked for was during your evaluation and treatment, did you form a causation opinion? And he said, yes, I did form a causation opinion. And if you look at the the uh, uh, November and the December uh, treatment notes, you'll find where he renders And his then the district court said, okay, then he had to be disclosed. He had, he had to have a report. I'm not I'm not sure I agree with that statement, but be that well, as it well, is. I'm not running the wasn't opinion. Wasn't that the
1: ruling prior to the dismissal? No, I don't think so.
0: Thank you, Your Honors.